0: welcome to 168 days of magic this is the podcast that invites you to empower your creative spirit and get stuck into a project that nourishes nurtures and excites you each episode we'll be looking at how mindfulness productivity and creativity all come together to give you the power stamina and resilience to bring something new into the world My name's Jordan Harcourt Hughes and I'm an artist living on New Zealand's stunning Kapiti coast which is just an hour north of Wellington. I'll be your host and creative champion on this journey and I'll also be introducing you to some other wonderful people along the way including some of our other local artists, wellbeing practitioners and life coaches to help us on our journey. Well welcome to episode six of the podcast. Today on the productivity front I'm going to be talking about how you can set intentions and goals for your own creative project. My podcast chat is with local Capity Coast artist Emma Herkus, and on the mindfulness front I'm going to be sharing four easy things that I do regularly and you can try as well as easy mindfulness practices to deepen into your own creativity. All right let's get started. Yeah. So if mindfulness is new to you as a practice, you might be looking for a few examples of things to try, to experiment with, to explore. So I thought I'd share some of the mindfulness practices that I use on a regular basis to put me in a, a nice relaxed State, which really helps my creativity. So, whenever we talk about mindfulness here, for me, it really is as a pathway into a deeper state of consciousness and a deeper state of creativity. So that's why we talk about the two together, so mindfulness and creativity, because I think they have wonderful links, and both I think really help the other. Actually, so in terms of the practices that I've been doing over the last few years, there are, I've got a number of them. So, the first four that I thought I'd talk about today are journaling, walking early nights and gratitude journaling so journaling is a very simple thing. You can do it with a pen and a scrap of paper. The thing to remember with journaling is that it doesn't have to be seen by anyone. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be a finished product. And you can essentially throw it out at the end of the, the journaling period. But what I really love about journaling is it is a tactile way of getting energy out of your body. So I think in this busy world of ours with so much stimulation around us, and often we're leading very, very busy lives, our brains can just become overloaded. There is so much thinking that we do, particularly if we've got a lot on and often there just doesn't seem enough time in the day to actually process everything. And so we end up with this very busy, hectic headspace, which, which is not calming or not relaxing at all. But if you start to journal, what happens is you're actually taking some of those crazy thoughts that are circling around and around in your head and just making you exhausted and you let them come out of your body. So you're essentially releasing them from your physical body onto the paper and then you can just throw them away really. But I really love the, the process of writing things down because it helps your brain to process things. It helps stop that circling around and around because you've gotten it out. Uh, and then you can reflect on them as you're writing. And maybe that's just going to be enough to let your brain start to calm down because it doesn't have all of those things going around and around. You've actually done something proactive. You've written about it. You've got it out of your system you've reflected on it, you can pretty much throw that piece of paper out if you like. So I often journal and there might be a few things that come out of it that I save. A lot of the stuff I never look at again. It's really just the process of getting stuff out of you onto paper and then just letting that help you feel much more relaxed as you go. So walking is the second thing that I um, want to talk about and you know these things are very simple and we can all do them. And you're quite likely doing a lot of these things already. One of the things that um, I've experienced is having very fast walkers in my family. So my husband is a really um, fast-paced walker and I always find that when I'm walking with him, as lovely as it is, um, I'm always focusing on just keeping up really. So it's not very calming for me. So if I'm going to do a, a walk that's, that's focusing on my mindfulness practice, I'll do it alone. I'll do it ideally just at uh, at dawn or close after because the morning is a very sacred time for me and I feel deeply in my creative seat uh, during the mornings. Uh, And I love the slow walking as a mindfulness practice where I'm literally just going as slow as I like, uh, being out in nature really taking in that fresh air with beautiful deep breaths and just appreciating sights and sounds and smells and that tactile uh, sensibility really comes to life. So when I'm walking, I'm often stopping to take pictures of flowers, and leaves and anything that takes my my fancy and it it is that process of stopping slowing down often focusing on the micro so looking at the details of flowers their stems their lush colors patterns in the in the dirt you know whatever you can find it's just drawing your attention into very specific detailed things which is a wonderful way of just getting out of that normal headspace and just appreciating just the things in nature around you so that's one of the things that I love to do. And I always find that a walk relaxes me. It, it helps me feel much more centred and it grounds me for the rest of the day. And often it means that I can get stuck into work in a much calmer, positive, proactive way where I'm not mucking around as much as I would have if I'd come straight to work from just getting up essentially. So it's a wonderful grounding practice and I'm sure that you've experienced that as well. Another thing that I do is I have really early nights. So I usually go to bed around eight o'clock. And one of the reasons I do that is because I get up at four o'clock in the morning. So four o'clock in the morning is a practice that I've been doing for, gosh, probably since my late 20s. So when I was in my 20s, I was doing client work and working full time. And I was just finding that I just needed more hours in the day. So I started getting up early and doing the client work early in the morning. You know, over time that transitioned to really doing my own creative work in the morning. So my writing practice Uh, working on my books and then painting as well and i've always really enjoyed that early morning so four o'clock in the morning has always always been such a peaceful time for me so there's no one else around i've got my thoughts to myself i can pretty much do what i want no interruptions and it's again it is really that sacred time and i'm at my most creative Uh, at that time of the day. But to enable that four o'clock rise, I do have to go to bed at a really reasonable time. So that is a practice that I have gotten into a rhythm with over time. And I've committed to that because I know how beneficial those early mornings are for me on a creative front. I've taken that one step further in the last couple of years by literally going to bed at around 6.30 p.m. on a few occasions throughout the month. And I don't go to bed that early to sleep, but I go to the bedroom to unwind. We have a lovely garden outside the bedroom window. And what I really love about going going into the bedroom at that time of night is just seeing the light change. So I spend about an hour just watching the light changes, the day fades and, and it goes to night. So we get these lovely shades of blues and pinks and the garden shifts colour and it's just mesmerising. It's such a lovely thing to to just focus on and just it's a very gentle process of unwinding and you feel very close to nature as you transition with nature from day to dusk to night. So that's one of the things I really enjoy. I might do a bit of reading, I might do a bit of you know stuff on my phone, I might watch a bit of TV, but essentially I'm just... Communing with nature essentially is that transition happens and it's a lovely gentle time. So I recommend that if you can just go and enjoy a really, really slow easing into sleep by taking extra time to unwind, decompress, enjoy nature and just release tension from the day. And the fourth thing I do is gratitude journaling. And that's a really simple thing that I do on my phone. I just use my notes app. And what I do is I just try to focus on you know about five things that I've enjoyed from the day. And this is an incredible practice. Again, these things are so simple, but they are so profound. So often I think that we get to the end of the day and it's, you know, there's been so many things that have happened. And as we get more tired, our brain starts to, you know, struggle to process everything. But I think if you can. Reflect on those, the best bits of the day at the end of the day, it really does a reset. You start to remember, oh, that thing happened, and oh, that was awesome, and I really enjoyed that moment. And the things that you reflect on can be really simple things. You know, it can be, oh, I really had a good sleep last night, or I loved that conversation that I had with someone today, or I read something that was really profound and meaningful, or I had a great day in the studio, or, you know, I found a friend that really enjoys the same things that I do. You know, they don't have to be massive things. They can be really, really simple. I had the best coffee today. You know, that's, that's a great one. Or I had a really nice bath and I felt relaxed. So all these things are worth appreciating at the end of the day. Gratitude journaling is something that I don't necessarily look at again. It is just that process of reflecting. And I find myself in such a positive headspace after I've done that, after just a few minutes, that it really is a wonderful way to end the day. In the episode notes, I'm going to include just a piece from Joe Dispenza, who talks about the chemicals that start activating in our body when we practice gratitude and how beneficial that is for us. So uh, check that out uh, and have a read of that. It's really, really interesting. So if you're ready to get creative, the 168 Days of Magic Studio Programme kicks off in February. You can book for that on my website. I'd love to have you with us here in the studio. The Studio Programme is a six-month journey that combines mindfulness, creativity and productivity, much like the podcast. The benefit is that you get to come and play in the studio and work on your own creative project or side hustle over a six-month period. So check that out on the website, jordanharcourthews.com. It would be great to have you here. So if you're familiar with New Zealand you'll know that the Kapiti Coast is about an hour north of Wellington and it's full of wonderful little townships that you can kind of duck into as you travel up and down the coast and it makes for great exploration so you can explore the beaches, explore the cafes uh, and see lots of great art along the way. Now Emma is one of those artists that you can see in Paikokariki so she works out of a studio above the cafes in Paikokariki alongside other artists and she takes inspiration in her paintings which are done with acrylics from the flora fauna and people of Aotearoa so I'm really pleased to be chatting with her today. Well Emma welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Very cool to have you. You're an artist of multiple talents including painting and willow basket weaving. Tell yep. us about the work.
1: Okay so I started with the willow basket tree And I met this guy, Eddie, who's been doing it for, like, 40 years, and he lives in Ōtaki, and he's awesome, and so um, he taught me how to make baskets. This is just after my kids had started kindy. My my youngest had started kindy, so I had a little bit of time. So I um, started learning how to make baskets, and then I started making light shades, and... All sorts of stuff, and then began to sell it in that place, the collective in Yeah. which is cool. And then um, and then that's, I kind of outgrew that space, and I didn't like the whole retail aspect of having uh. to be there on the weekends and sit there the whole time, and I couldn't really make stuff very easily while I was sitting there. So I went across the road, and there's like this cool um, art studio upstairs above the cafe's and there's some artists up there and um had a chat to them and they were like yeah cool you can have a room we've yeah. got one going and so so then I just was selling stuff from there and then they all were painters uh. so then I know I have always painted you know when my friends would we were having drinks and stuff and I'd be yeah. painting in the living room or whatever but um but, yeah, this is the first time I started painting kind of and hanging on the walls and putting a little price sign on it. Yeah. And then I sold one and I was like, oh. <laughs> I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So that was like about four years ago that I started doing the painting side of things. And and that's kind of become almost, well, I just love it so much. Like I love the weaving and yeah. it's good to have both. I just am so passionate about the yeah. painting so um, fun.
0: from your Instagram feed I would have guessed that you would have been painting for longer than just four years because you look yeah. quite prolific
1: yeah I am prolific I'm yeah. quite fast yeah I paint really fast yeah. um all some days but then and then other days when I'm not really feeling it I can I can do the weaving and the weaving's cool it's kind of meditative mm. I've been doing um I just did 50 something lights like I make these craypot lights I don't know if you saw them but I made, I've just made 50 of them for this building in, in town in the corner of L- Willis and Lambton Quay. Yep. So that's exciting. That was good, but big job. Yeah. But that's the kind of way I want to go. Like, I like making... I love making the baskets when I have time, but generally I just yeah. want to
0: paint. How would you describe your work?
1: Oh, I, I just like to chop and change. Yeah. Like my art, my painting. I just like to change all the time. But generally I, I paint with acrylics. And then I might go over with oils, and I like it to be really kind of free and not too, um, and not realistic. Mm. And I love, I love having a story in my work. Yeah, people and animals, and and it's all kind of based on New Zealand and the environment that we live in, and because I love being outside and I grew up on a farm, so.
0: So tell us about your creative practice. What does a studio session look like for you? How long would you work on a given day? Would you kind of dive in f- into it for a few hours or just kind of one hour here and there? Yep.
1: Yeah, so for, well, I always like have to take the dog for a walk in oh, the yeah? mornings, sort the kids out. Yeah. So the, by the time I get to the studio, it's like about, I don't know, 9.30, 10 o'clock.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I have a coffee and then I just start painting. And I get interrupted quite a lot because we have people come through, yeah. but that's nice too, you know, yeah. like some days are busy and some days no one comes through, and yeah, I just paint until about 2.30 and then mm-hmm. and then go pick the kids up, Yeah, and then sometimes I do stuff at night if I'm busy or yeah. whatever, or if I'm inspired, yeah. but I've always got my sketchbook with me, so if I'm sitting around watching the kids play sport or you know, do things yeah. like that, I can just like do some little do some little practice pictures of what i might want to paint yeah next time
0: how do you find the process of going from sketch to painting
1: i quite often just like like i always paint the background a color so i've got something often it's just bright red because i'm not really into painting on a white backdrop yeah and i like it to come through and then i just i just quite loose like i've been using these acrylic um these are these acrylic little pencil things yeah and I quite often just sketch the oh, yeah, what nice. the composition on with that because yeah. I can paint over it or whatever, and it doesn't matter, and then I just look I just launch myself into yeah
0: nice. yes, yeah. so would you consider it quite an intuitive process when you're painting
1: yeah, like a, I have a kind of usually I have a little picture and it's a bit of a plan mm. but then if it doesn't look right, once I've painted it, and the colours I always kind of just well, I often take i often get inspired by colour. And Pinterest or Instagram mm. or whatever, so like I'll see an artist that I love, like Elizabeth Cummings. Like her photo, her her work is amazing, and she has such incredible colours. But then my style of painting is completely different from hers. But I'll just yeah,
0: there'll be some element. I'll that be like, oh, can, I love yeah. those colours
1: together. So then I'll start using them, and then I'll, as it goes along, I'll be like, well, I might need to put a little bit of red in it or a little bit of pink or whatever. Yeah. You love pink, hey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pink and teals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, these colours that you're kind of drawn to. I'm yeah. always drawn to like smoky blue and like indigo and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, do you think there's a connection between creativity and well-being? Do you find painting puts you in a good space?
1: Yep. Yep, sure. Because you just, well, you just are mindful. You don't really think about much else, do you? You just mm. kind of think about what you're doing and it's quite relaxing. And then at the end, if you just keep going until you are happy with it, then you have like a really yeah. good, you know, it gives you a bit of a buzz when yeah. you suss it out, yeah. sort out a painting. And it's like, yeah, that's right. That looks good. And I feel like for me, I'm doing what, I, what I'm what i really passionate about and that just makes me happy. Mm. Yeah.
0: How do you know when you've sorted out a painting?
1: When it doesn't annoy me. Yeah. When I look at it and I'm just like, yeah, that, that looks okay or, mm. yeah. Yeah, but I often paint over paintings. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, and then it, that's quite cool anyway because you have little bits of that yes. old painting coming yep. through.
0: So, if you were going to give some tips to people who are interested in creativity but not necessarily artists, yeah. would you have any to help get them on their way?
1: Yeah, like maybe just have a sketchbook mm. to like just doodle with when you're in meetings or you know bored or whatever. Yeah. But also. Like you can be creative in your home, yeah and your clothing and your garden mm. and all sorts you don't have to be painting a picture yeah. or taking photos you know yeah. there's so many ways to be creative yeah, that's cool, and I mean it, well, like knitting all of that kind of stuff that's yeah. all creative
0: i'm interested in this idea of working as a collective. How do you find it working with a group of people in the same space
1: um, it's really fun because we like we all have such different styles. Mm. But then um they're really good with with critiquing. We're quite you know, like oh, we yeah. often walk past each other's room and we'll be like, Oh that's great, I like how that's going. It would be quite cool if you did this or you know, like yeah, nice. so we we'll get lots of ideas off like Alan's been there for like he's been there for about twelve years and he's just been a practising artist for oh, I don't know, maybe like forty years. Wow. Yeah, making a living out of it. Wow. So he's he's really amazing and he's got a great sense of composition and and Chris has been doing it for years and years as well and he he knows how to use the paints and he knows how to stretch the canvases and all those little yeah. things that I kind of I need help with yeah yeah and that's <laughs> and and Alan does lots of carving too so that's been good I've done a yeah. bit of that with him nice. so I've just learnt lots of everyone
0: yeah. finally what do you enjoy about living on the Kapiti coast
1: uh, I love the beaches, mm. the beaches are amazing and I, um, and I like, you know, running and biking and walking with the kids and stuff and yeah, it's just a cool place to be, people are really laid back and it's a bit warmer in yeah. Wellington, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, it's, it's awesome yeah. and there's lots of good little, um, you know, markets and restaurants mm. and cafes and it's getting, it's getting to be really cool. Yeah. So we won't even need to go into Wellington. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell me about what you're doing at the Learning Connection. You're doing a diploma.
1: Yeah, so I'm doing a diploma, and the Learning Connection is really cool. If you're interested in doing um, getting into creativity and you don't know where to start, there's this course that um, you can do, and it's called um, oh, I don't know, a creativity course. Yeah. And it's for one year certificate in creativity. That's what it's called, and you can do you know ceramics photography um illustration they've got life figurative and all sorts everything you could print making and Mm. and they do and so it's cool if you don't know what you're into and you can just try everything and then and then narrow down what you kind of where you want to go yeah yeah and there's loads of different people all different ages and backgrounds and stuff so it's fun yeah yeah it's fun yeah
0: well emma thank you all the best with your creative journey
1: thanks awesome
0: (laughs) so i hope you enjoyed my chat with emma today if you're interested to find out more about her work you can find her on facebook under ivy and willow and on instagram under emma Herkus art Uh, you can also jump over to the podcast episode notes page and read the full transcript of our chat and find out more about her there So this is about productivity and it's about setting intentions and goals. Now at the very beginning of a creative project, I recommend that you take this very lightly because I think that the most important thing about creative work is literally just turning up and seeing what happens. And as soon as you set your intention to do that and you make time, you make space and you commit to it, then things start to happen and your project will evolve. So at the very beginning, it's great to think about setting intentions and goals, but keep in mind that your goals may change over time and that's perfectly fine. And in fact, you should anticipate that that's a good sign that you're thinking and evolving your ideas as you go. So what's the difference between setting an intention and setting goals? I think setting intentions are a very personal thing. It's really about deciding who you want to be in the world, how you want to live your life. So these align with your personal values, possibly your bigger life goals, and how you want to contribute to the world and how you want to live. Goals as opposed to intentions are specific and they're more practical and logical and planful. So there's two different models that I recommend that you explore if you're looking to set goals. The SMART goal setting model and the GROW goal setting model. So the SMART model is one of the most well-known and SMART stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. The SMART model's been pretty much accepted as a really good model that can be applied to both simple and complex goals. It can apply it to work goals, personal goals, individual and group goals. So specific, each goal must be specific and clearly defined. Uh, You can have multiple goals, but each one should be clear. Measurable, each goal should have clearly defined metrics for how it can be measured, either for the progress or the end goal. Achievable, so this is a really a nice reminder that sometimes we can get carried away when we set goals. So achievable is a reminder that you, ha- you have to believe that you're actually gonna be able to get there. And it's a reminder because if you set goals that aren't achievable, it can be really demotivating. So just be realistic, keep goals small if you need to, and you can build on them later as you like. So relevant, relevance comes into that idea about pursuing a goal that adds to your core values or your ultimate desires for life. So make sure it's relevant for you, not just in your creative life, but in your personal life and the bigger picture. How is this relevant? How is this gonna help you live a better life? So time bound. In 168 Days of Magic, we are looking at the time framework of 168 days, which is six months. So for your goals, you should be looking to consider what you can achieve in six months. I do like the SMART uh, model. I actually like the GROW model just as much, if not a little bit more. So GROW stands for Goal, Reality, Options, and Will. Goal, what do you want to do? What's your ultimate aim? reality where are you now and what are some of the barriers preventing you from achieving your goal so for me this is something that I really like I like the idea of scanning the now what is what is your now what is your reality in this moment and what are some of the barriers that you might be able to consider and this is one of the reasons I like this model in particular because it's a really good way to think about where you are in the current present time Options. I love this idea because it's, it's a more creative approach. So there's not just one way to achieve something. So options could be, what could you do? What are the resources available to you? What change can you make to your own behavior to overcome barriers? Then the final one is will, what will you do? So how can you start to make changes or tap into available resources to achieve your goal? So working through the GROW model allows you to build a lot of self-awareness about your current aspirations, your current belief and value system, the resources you've got available to achieve your goals and the actions and efforts required to achieve those goals. So I probably just lean slightly towards the GROW model because I think it gives you the option to really look at your own life and be um, have a personal thing can make it relevant to you specifically and it allows that inner reflection as well but both models are good so i recommend you have a go it's a great place to start remember that your goals may change and that's perfectly good uh, but this is a great place to just start the setting up the framework for what you're going to do over the next six months good luck so i hope you've enjoyed the episode today next time i'll be talking about mindful storytelling as a practice that you might like to explore My podcast chat is with naturopath Kush Reed and on the creativity front I'm talking about my own creative project and how I'm going with my illustrations and in particular I'll be sharing progress on one called Mocaine Receiver and how I'm going pulling that together.
1: So see you then.